Guess what, y'all? We back at it with another edition of Weekday Unwind. Now, listen, you all already know what we do every single week. So welcome to another edition of Weekday Unwind. And doing it like only we can, I'm your boy, Diamond Keyson, and... And you already know, I am Dedrick D, Human Resource. With a capital what? The T-E-E. Oh, period. So let's get into our week of nine to five lies, tribes, and alibis. The human resource. <laughs> What's been going on with you this week? Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> like tired, like T I R E D or T I E D D D. I'm tired, like T I the bottle tied. T I D E. Um, I am Kelly Price tied. I am who? Pamela Man tied. Um, oh, come on! <laughs> no, but um, and and in, in all actuality, I'm tired in a good way. Um, and the the last week I've had um, some interesting times at work, and nothing bad. Um, it's just it, it's a new challenge, and I love it. Um, not um, you know. COVID numbers are ticking back up and stuff, so things are bound to happen when that happens. And so I'm just glad I'm in the, the right place and space and time to be able to do what I enjoy doing. Um, and I'm excited about the kickoff of Fora Sports coming back after three years of not Come going to on. Shout out yeah. to Fora Yeah, so talking about, talking about excitement, um, that was probably the highlight of the last week is all the hard work that, you know, myself, um, Andre put in getting the kickball tournament done for Juneteenth because at first we didn't have anything planned. I was like, oh, let's do something. Um, and, and I put together a last-minute kickball tournament. The community came out. You know, shout-out to the folks, to everybody that plays on Friday nights over at, um, at Southside Park. Um, they pulled teams together and came. When I tell you, baby, they battled, including myself, um, all day long on Saturday for the chance, for the opportunity to win my money. Come on. Come on, dollars. <laughs> right. Um, which was a first for us because we didn't get, we've never given out money before. So it was good to see the community come out. And then it was also good to see that a lot of people that played in the tournament didn't really know who I was, which I kept it that way for a reason. Okay. Um, just to see kind of how it would turn out and what, you know, what we really stand for as an organization. And it, it, a lot of people are still reaching out to me just out of respect and letting me know that they were really excited that the tournament was ran well, that they really want to support again, um, that they love what Forest stands for. So, I, I mean, I couldn't have been more happy with the turnout um, and how everything was on, and especially for Juneteenth. And, you know, and, and most of the teams, well, everybody that played was black, with the exception of uh, one of the guys, that played with us, he was not, but he also wasn't white either. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it was um it, it was Juneteenth proud, really. And again, I couldn't be I couldn't be more excited to how I win it. and I'm excited about the next one, which I'm planning to hope having on uh hope having Labor Day weekend, uh which is Black Pride weekend here in Atlanta. Now, I was there, so shout out to me. I stopped through, y'all, even though it was hot as hell. I was there to support Now, you friend. know he stopped through. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Indeed. It took a whole lot of them on period. 
Now, just for you, um, you know, you have this habit, like I always tell you, you can bring people together who would never, ever come together. And it was crazy for me to see this. So I've never been to one of your actual kickball tournaments. Like, so Cedric and I have been to tournaments together, but I've never been to one of his, right? So to see his in action, but to see it and see the people you bring together from all different walks of life, straight, gay, bi, tri, lie, black, white, purple, pink, I don't know, boo, nigga, boo, pick a color, right? I was like, Yo, and it was so dope, y'all. I need, I need you picture it, Atlanta, 2022, right? You walk into the park. <laughs> there's two kickball fields, and Dedrick has booked both of them, and they're going. Game going on to your left, game going on to your right. Here I am just twirling back and forth and back and forth, left <laughs> and right, watching games. It was so dope. I just, what you know, Let's let's um if you can for me take us to that moment when you were at the end of the game and it was time to announce you know who won and give out the grand prize and stuff. What did it mean for you when people started to say, "Oh, that's who you are." Oh, that's you know started to like finally put two and two together. So it's a whole lot. That's kind of a loaded loaded question. So. I'm always excited about the fact that those that don't know who I am and then when I reveal who I am, it's like, oh, shit, like, are you serious? That's what you do, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's always a surreal moment for me because you never know how stuff is going to turn out right. So those that know me and those that come to my events and have been coming to my events for years, they know what to expect. This, honestly, was the first time that there were five teams that played and none of them had ever participated in an event that I've had before. So the reactions were gonna were put completely blind. Um, mm. So when I got ready to, you know, walk up with the money and present the trophy, people saw me walking around, and I assumed that, that probably some of the people from my team was like, you know, that well, telling the other teams that, you know, who I was or whatever. But then also the other thing, too, is that when I do these events, I'm a player. So I no longer become the owner of the organization. So it's hard to delineate whether or not when I walk into and I have to put on my administrative hat, if I have to do in a rare situation, it's like, oh, what does he do or whatever. So when I got out to the field to present the trophy and give the money, I was like, hey, y'all. And they kind of was looking at me crazy. I was like, so I'm Dedrick Tillerson. I'm the founder and um, an organizer and president of Forest Force. They was like, what? Come on, founder, organizer, and president. You better have titles. Right. So it was it, to see those two groups of people win, I mean, that battle for the championship, like in awe, um, it was a great moment for me because most of those teams identify as heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when I started explaining, you know, what we do from an LGBTQ plus, um, and how I give back in that manner and what I do in my lane, it was like, oh, shit, we had no idea. How can we get involved and help you too? And then after it was over, people were running up to me and saying, this has been the best RAN tournament that I've been or been one of the best RAN tournaments I've been a part of. And you got to think, these people that played and teams that played, and shout out to all of them if y'all listening to, thank y'all again um, just for participating. But you got to think, these people play in tournaments all year long across the country. So to be left with a nugget to say that your tournament was ran probably one of the best that 
some of them have been a part of, like, I was completely in awe because, I, I mean, it lets me know that I'm not doing this because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. As, as many have tried to duplicate what I do, um, I do it in a different fashion. I come with myself being friendly. And what's so crazy is my tournament director, Fred, was like, I'm, I want to see the Dedrick of old, meaning the turn-up Dedrick. When I'm on the field, I'm, I'm usually a different person. And, like, I didn't holler this time. Okay. I didn't accept, I didn't get out of character. I didn't do any of those things like I would normally do as a competitor because I've grown to know that when I am out there on whatever playing field that it is and it's, and I'm representing my organization, yes, it's about competitiveness, yes, it's about the sport, whatever we're doing, but the reality of it is, is this is my face. Absolutely. And in order for my face to be presented in a positive manner as well as a competitive manner, i got to learn how to hold some restraint, mm. um, which was tough for me. So that that piece is a whole different aspect because I they used to call me the Bobby Knight of of gay sports because I go off on you in a heartbeat. Come on, Bobby um, Knight. So, and I don't know if that's just a, that that's a shift in my personality at, at thirty eight. Um, I don't know if that's just been a natural shift, but to you know to, to sum up the answer in the question, it, I mean it just felt really good to just walk on the field, give the trophy, give the money, although I wasn't keeping the money myself because uh, my team got knocked out early. But, it, I mean, it just lets me know that I, that what I do and what I put my hands on, who I connect to folks, is what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that's right. Now, I know that, you know, we've talked about for a while as you were handling things on the corporate side of life, you kind of weren't as active in the nonprofit world with as far as like mm-hmm. you actually putting on things. So now that you're starting to have that balance on the corporate side, can we expect to see your activities and your executables start to increase more in the nonprofit in the sports realm? Absolutely. Uh, I'm ready to get back out there. I'm ready to get things back rolling the way that it was. And the thing is, is what I know from and what I love about what I do from a professional standpoint is that I understand how the world has evolved. So in, mm. order, for me, in order for me to evolve the organization, I have to have understood what the world has come to in the time period where we have changed over the last three and a half years. Right. So I understand that because I've got to deal with that every day at work, trying to figure out how to balance what this new normal looks like. So it's not changing the world of sports. What am I offering to people that's enticing? So if I had just put on a tournament, I don't think people would have showed up. Right. If I, because I not only put on a tournament, I also put, it on a, put on a free tournament that you still won money out of was a risk, a huge risk that I took because I was like, if I throw something and charge a million dollars and people don't register or come, it's because they haven't seen my brand in a while. So you have to take a different risk. Mm, and okay. when I looped around and said, you know what, y'all, scratch the registration part of it. We're just going to give away some money. Thank God for our sponsors like Lexus uh, and Aid Atlanta, who continue to always support for us. Shout out to those organizations because they continue to always have always poured 
um, their finances and love into my organization where I said, you know what, we got money to give away. Let's just give it away. Mm, dope. So now that I've given it away, you've seen what kind of caliber that comes with my tournament. When I get ready to start charging again, because I will have to, it's not going to come to a shock. You're going to know what to expect. Right. And, and that's come also with years of doing lots of free work, right? So from yeah. a nonprofit perspective, from a professional perspective, I've done a lot of free work. And at one point in time, I was just like, I'm no longer doing free work for anybody because I know what kind of skill set and talent that I have. So stop calling me and asking me to do free work for you at this juncture when I know I can be paid to do it because you need me to do this service, right? Go out there and ask somebody else, but I guarantee you they can't do it like I do it. Right. So, Absolutely. Um, understanding that and knowing that sometimes you have to take risks like that to be able to excel your brand, excel all those other things was why I was so happy about how everything panned out because I knew I was taking a risk. I had to pay for fields. I had to pay for referees, give the cash prize away, get stuff, um, get stuff building up to it. I mean, a couple thousand dollars were spent, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't regret it after what happened at all. Yeah, it was an awesome day. I really enjoyed myself. Like, it was such a great environment. Like, obviously, you all know I didn't play in the tournament. I don't be kicking on no ball. <laughs> Not <laughs> yet. But. That's I love to be outside. won't play no sport, though. <laughs> hello. But just the environment, like, what it was given and the, the um, camaraderie and just the togetherness. I love when the village loves on each other. And that's what it was. It was a village loving on each other. And even though it was a tournament and people were competing, like, the teams was, like, cool and kicking it when they weren't playing. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so – this is what I see on Espen. Oh, this is, like, Espen live in front of me. Yeah, that's right. You bought Espen to live. <laughs> so, okay. Let me give you all my week real quick in a nutshell. Yes, we need to know what's going on with the dorm, man. I don't know. So, all right, that's the answer, y'all. I'm just saying, I'm so fucked he up. He knows. No, for real, like, from a real perspective, y'all, I am in this place and in this space where I'm working on my spiritual health and being closer to God. And with that, it is pulling me away from some things. I don't know if it's naturally, spiritually, emotionally. I don't know, child. I don't. So when I tell you, I ain't ever in all my life, in all my days on this earth, been in a place of I don't know like I am right now. So I'm just like, you know, work's been cool, no complaints there. I'm going with the flow, vibing on some things. Um, you know, it's that season in Atlanta, so events are happening more. So I'm out on the scene a little bit more, covering events, doing the media side of things. I'm, I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm in this. Space, but I'm in a good space. Like, don't get me wrong, y'all. I'm in a good space. Um, sometimes the art of not knowing is coupled with your ability to grow, and I think that's where I think that's where I'm at. I'll be honest, I'm there. So I don't have a whole story, y'all, because honestly, I'm good. God been guarding, 
And as life is life and God is guarding, hello somebody, right? So <laughs> you live to see another day, fight another day, tell another story. Amen. That's what I'm up to. Now, speaking of that, <clears throat> y'all know, you all know I got some Igaga Shaga for the blogger to the Taga. But before I get into <clears throat> our true talk, Cedric, I got to ask quit. you, what is your cocktail? What is your unwind cocktail of the week? Y'all, let me tell y'all some crazy shit. Oh, I don't know what it is, but for the last several weeks, I have been wanting to drink a beer when I've been coming home from work. So I am <laughs> Right. It is crazy, and I don't know what it is. But I will say that when I was in my previous relationship, he would drink beer after he would work out, and it would help to put his electrolytes back into his body. And, I, and I've been kicking my tail lately with between working out, playing kickball practices, all the above, because I'm playing in other stuff, you know, as, as the summer kind of goes. Um, and I, it's been replenishing me in an odd kind of way. Um, and maybe it's the yeast in the beer. I don't know. But um, today I'm drinking a damn Corona. <laughs> Come on, bar. Are you over there sipping on yeah. a bar? Drinking a good old Corona. Mind um, you, I'm over there the other day. I kid y'all not. There's a couple bars on, on the counter, which I'm not like shocked because Dedrick's always the host house or something. So I'm like, okay, he got there so many days. Baby, when Dedrick ever cracked a bar, I said, I know. He said, hell, I show him. I said, oh, my God. It's like I've never, you are, in all of our years of togetherness, I ain't never seen my boy crack a bar. So you over here, so you, you drinking bar for real. Literally. Oh, my God. I'm not doing it. Listen, you all, we want to take a break. We'll be right back. And when we come back, it's time for some true talk. Y'all stay tuned. We stay online. Yes. It's your homegirl, Toya T, and you're tuned in to the Weekday Unwind with Diamond, Kisan, and Dedrick. Make sure you tap in every week as they keep it all the way real and help you unwind from the weekday. It's real talk in real time with real friends. Back at it. Thank you all for staying with us. You all know we are in another edition of Weekday Unwind. Dedrick, I got some true talk for you. Is you ready to true talk? I'm about to leave. <laughs> Do it so okay. Y'all know I be on Twitter. I be tweeting and twatting and twatting and tweeting like ew. I seen this tweet the other day, and it read as follows: Breaking news. You need to hang out with people that fit your future, not your past. Pause. Let it simmer. Bring it back. Come rewind. Reread that for the reread that for the children. Breaking news. You need to hang out with people that fit your future, not your past. Once I read that, I hit up Dedrick. I said, we need to talk. It's time to unpack something. And my unpacked unpacked topic was picking your circle. Let me explain. Living in Atlanta, living in Atlanta, but not being from Atlanta, one of the things I was tasked with as an individual when I moved here was creating a new circle. Obviously, my circle from back home wasn't here. My circle from anywhere wasn't here. So I had to create my new circle or my new colleagues and acquaintances or whatever you want to call it, right? So one of the things I did was 
as I was going throughout my everyday life, whether it be work, industry, studio, whatever, I would meet people, and you know, things would go as they went. Um, some became colleagues, some became event friends, and some became real life friends. Let's fast forward 11 years later. One of the things I'm noticing is that the circle in which I engage is beginning to change. Not a bad thing. Change is good, right? Now, as my circle begins to change, sometimes, you know, we as humans tend to try to hold on to things maybe we should not hold on to. But also, one of the things I noticed was I kept hanging with and picking the same type of person to hang with. And I just cannot understand why it wasn't lasting long. And I'm like, well, hold on, bitch. Is it me? Because I'm the common, you know, I'm the common denominator. Is it me? But then a few weeks back, randomly, I was talking to Dedrick, and he was like, well, child, no, because we ain't got no issues, and it's been years. And then a couple of my other friends were like, diamond, like, no. So I was like, okay, what is it? And I realized. Those who match me are with me. Those who don't match me are not with me. And with that, I had to recognize that I needed to begin to hang out with people that fit the trajectory of my future and not my past. So I said to Dedrick, I said, all right, bitch, shut up, because you was right. Because y'all know Dedrick swear I'd be hanging with some hood rats, but we ain't going to talk about that. That's a whole nother. You do. That's a whole nother conversation, right? So, yes, Desiree, when it comes to picking your circle and understanding that you need to hang out with people that fit your future, not your past, what does that mean for you? Oh, my God. That's such a hard question to unpack, right? Because those of y'all who don't know me, I have several circles, and I wear many, many hats. Um, and that's part of what I think my calling is, um, I can put together a room of people that are completely opposite of each other um, that may travel in the several circles that I travel, but I'm, I'm also comfortable enough to allow those circles to intermix because what I know about them is that they're not going to misrepresent me, much less, represent, what, much less misrepresent themselves. Mm, no matter right. who they are, because they're going to be able to read the room, engage in the conversation, or disengage if it becomes a situation where they may or may not disagree. But I have I, I have been blessed to be able to enter into rooms with circles that I may not even intertwine with. I don't necessarily call them friends, um, but I know about can be a part of and I don't necessarily say that I, I've chosen a circle. And so why I say that is because I actually don't like being, like, in circles of people because that associates me to a certain thing, person, place, or not an idea. Um, I typically rock to the beat of my own drum, so you can never place me in a box, although I can wear many hats, interact in many circles and have and still do. Picking my circle has always been very tough because I don't necessarily have a circle. I have best friends that I've been around 
for 100 years. Because the reality okay. of the situation is I don't lose friends. I've never really lost a friend. Okay. Um, because that's just, I mean, it just hasn't happened for me. I don't, I'm not fake. I'm not phony. I don't do any of that stuff. So the genuineness is always there. And people respect my opinion, good, bad, or indifferent. And even if that means we don't talk for a little while, it, it, it doesn't mean that, that they love me any less, I love them any less, and we come back together, we're fine. Um, but I just don't – it's hard to answer that question because I think that what this question is stating from, like, from Twitter standpoint and how I live my life is compartmentalizing the individual to subject that question to have to answer. Um, and that was a lot. I know I just said but that's the way I feel like it is. Like when I'm on the streets in Atlanta, I know these different circles and these – like I, I can tell you about these different circles of people um, for whatever reason. Right. But what you don't ever see is me in my circle because I really don't – like I have a circle, but it's not really a circle, if that makes sense. Like they're all a part of other circles that I just kind of just jump in and jump out of. <laughs> okay. But you don't so, yeah. feel that – so you don't – you really don't feel that you, Dedrick, the human resource, actually have a circle at all? I feel like I have a circle, but my circle is so intertwined with my life, which is very, very all over the place in a lot of ways, in a good way. Um, like I have – like, for example, I have my friends who are the foodie in the gym circle. That's, you right. could call it a circle. Um, I have my sports friends and family. I have my card friends and family. I have, you know, the upper echelon, if that's what they want to be called. Um, I, like, I just don't, like, I kind of just sit in the middle of that, in my opinion, because I don't fully move myself to any of those circles. Okay. Although that a lot of those circles know a whole lot about me and I know a whole lot about them, I don't necessarily know that I've chosen or that, that I've chosen the circle or if the circle has chosen me. Let me say that. Okay. But I think, you know what's funny? I think when it comes to you, it's definitely a little bit of both because I think you're right. With you being the human resource that you are, you make and mingle naturally. Like, you rock out, right. which you talk out, right? You do the thing. But right. as you mix and mingle, based on how you interact with the person and or how they interact with you, you begin to start to place them in this space. Like, all right, I know based on this, me and this person can rock like this or can't rock like this. Does that make any mm -hmm. sense? Like, mm -hmm. I, I've watched you meet people, and instantaneously you connect with them so strong that you start putting them in a place where you in, invite them into our personal space, right? Like, oh, hey, mm -hmm. um, such and such come through. Then I've also watched you meet people and literally leave them where we met them. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing mighty fine, and I'm out, right? Like, so you have this connectability that allows you to be able to do that. Now, where does that lead you? 
it typically leads you to have a, do you remember the old school Venn diagram? The who diagram? Venn diagram. So you remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how I feel like your friendship circles end up. It'd be a circle to the left, a circle to the right, and Mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle, they interconnect with one another. That is you. Now, we all know you just celebrated a birthday, so you're 38 years old, right? I want to add, piggybacking off of the picking your circle topic, I'm going to ask you this. Are you even open to new friends? And I'm not trying to be funny, right? So we all know Drake made this song years ago, no new friends, no, 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 down with my day one type shit, right? But do you get to a certain point or a certain age where you're like, I don't want no new friends, ain't got time for no new friends, literally, truly, no new friends? So I think I'm partially at that point in my life. And so let me give y'all a little bit of the story as to the reason why and why not? So I, in my mind, believe that, hey, listen, I have been able to cultivate relationships with individuals, with with circles, with groups of people, because I know what I come with. I know who I am. I stand firm on who I, who I am and what I believe. Um, I walk in my own direction. I stay in my own fucking lane. And because of that, my genuineness shines through and my spirit of discernment will not allow me to go into a situation at this point, 38 years old, that's going to put me in any kind of harm. And if it is immediate alert, I will get out of it. But what I found odd this year turning 38 and how I'm about to switch the gears and some people ain't going to like this when they hear me say this, um, I, I was a little off put this year because I, you know, for my birthday, it was a lot of transition that happened in April. Um, for my birthday, I planned, you know, the the cruise or whatever, but not I, my. I have opened up my home to many of my friends, right? Um, for many different gatherings and situations, and I I was, and it probably came to me the last week or so too, how I kind of thought about this, what I'm about to say a little bit more in depth. Like, I was really astonished at the fact that not anyone did anything for my birthday. For me. Um, and it pissed me off in a way. Um, and I'll say that because, again, I'm always doing stuff for everyone else, right? Um, and I'm not expecting anyone to do for me. Let me get that. Let me make that clear. I'm not expecting anyone because Dedrick is always going to make himself happy in whatever situation, obviously that's what I did, you know, with the transition that happened. But I still had to end up planning a trip, which I did not want to do. Um, it just kind of happened that way because I'm always planning trips. But it just kind of happened that way. And I was like, I'm not planning a trip for my birthday. And I turned around and I'm planning a trip for my birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, even when I got back, it, it didn't matter that it was after the 4th. Like, I – my my best friend Jeff took me out before I went, you know, before we went because he knew I was he knew he wasn't going to be able to go on the cruise or whatever. But and I saw you all and stuff. But like some of the other people that I called close did not do a damn thing for me for my birthday, and I felt some kind of way about it because I'm like, damn. Um, and and I felt some kind of way because I know what I do. Absolutely. 
I also had to reel myself back and say, you know what, can you feel some kind of way, Dedrick, because everybody wasn't raised like you. Mm, Right. I had to stop and think about that shit because I understand it now that I travel around in a lot of circles and am cool with a lot of people and all these things and all those things above. Um, but the one thing that nobody can take away from me is that the fact that I'm always doing, whether that's for them, whether that's for me, whether that's for anybody else that's connected to them, and to not be shown any kind of, like, love, like, on um, my birthday, was kind of fucked up, and I'll be honest. So it's, so now let me fast forward back to the, or rewind back to the question that you asked. Am I open for new friends? Yes and no. Um, I think at this point it has to be the right friendship that align with where I'm going in my life from a personal perspective, from a business perspective, the rooms that I know that I envision myself in. And I have to not be afraid of that, right, because I know what that looks like means that I have to be able to understand and know that some of those people that I might end up calling friends may not be about shit. And let me just be honest. Right. But to enter into certain rooms, I have to be prepared to play the game, which I play very well and have played very well for quite some time. Um, so it, it's a yes and no situation. Like, it has to be the right situation that aligns with what my professional and personal goals are um, at about almost into 40, about, yeah, about to almost into 40 in the next two years. So <laughs> there you have it. Well, with that said, because you said some stuff, I want to I wanna piggyback off of a question that arose for something you said. Again, I was on Twitter. And I read, I'm not rekindling no kind of relationship. Once you're done, you're done. Mm-hmm. Now, as I asked on the front end, are you open to new friends? I'm going to ask on the back end. Now, I know you personally. I know that you aren't a person that just cuts someone off the first time they do something wrong, unless it's, like, truly major, major, right? But mm-hmm. being 38 now, being in this space we're in, once you're done, you're done. How do you feel about that statement when it comes to people in your cutoff game? So, you know, I've been notorious for giving people chances after chances after chances who I should not. Literally. <laughs> I should not give any more than half a chance in the beginning. Um, I've had a, a very, very much so an act, self-actualization moment where I need to be frank about that. And I think my fear is, and what it has been, is that if I cut them off or if I cut someone off, there has to be a reason, right? Okay. And I, ne- I don't necessarily have a reason we just have grown apart, which is kind of how relationships work sometimes, right? But am I really cutting them off for the right reason? So I toggle with that in my mind, but I will tell you this, that if I am lied to, if my kindness has been taken for a weakness, then those are immediate situations where I will cut you off because I know that sometimes I can be naive to those things. But mm-hmm. if I find out that it's been 
that I've been taken advantage of, then that's when the dedric that don't know about it, that I don't like for people to see comes out and I will cut you off in a heartbeat with no problem. Mm, and, and be in the same room, which don't have a problem with sharing space with you at all. I would never utter a word to you. Damn. Damn. So that's so, kind of how that looks. <laughs> in this space in which we're in currently, right? Hang out with people that fit your future, not your past. Mm-hmm. What kind of a person, if you had to give these, if you had to just throw out some characteristics and are executables of a person, what kind of person fits your future that you would, that would be a part of that circle currently and going forward? Driven individuals, um, people that respect and and understand the value of family. Um, those who don't mind taking risk, um, whether that's, you know, professional or kind of personal, um, that don't have a problem with telling you that you're wrong, right. both in front of you and in a group of people, but respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um and be able to have a conversation. Um, we're not about to argue, not at 38, 39. I'm, I'm not doing that with you. Um, have a conversation with me or I'm shutting the shit down. Um, I will, at this point, I will walk away from a conversation if I feel like that I'm being attacked in a conversation and I'm not being heard. The crucial conversations, if you have not taken that class, I suggest everybody take that class because that will teach you how to walk away in a heartbeat. Um, and with your head held high. Huh? You said crucial conversations. Uh huh. Yes, crucial conversations class. I'm coming. Listen, crucial conversations. I take that shit every year, and it it enlightens me every year, and probably one of the reasons why I've probably gotten so calm when I'm playing sports. Um, but I said that to say that those are kind of the characteristics that I'm looking for. Um, within new friends, um, not that fake and phony shit, not that. Uh, that smoke and mirror stuff. Um, I realize that some people are going to come with that regardless, but it's able to see past all of that shit. Um, and that's kind of some one of the things I did within a, within trying to, to build and trying to get into another relationship is that a lot of people believe that my life is so, you know, crazily driven, but you don't see the person in the middle of it. See, I need to see the person in the middle of all that crazy shit that you got going on. And it may not even be crazy. It could be great things going on. But there's a person that's in the middle that I have to see that person first. And a lot of times living here in Atlanta, they want you to see everything but that. Right. <laughs> um, and that's important for me because I can't build a friendship or put friends on, in a title with you if I'm trying to see through everything that's not real. Because to me, that shit's not real. can be gone tomorrow. Mm. Okay. Okay. Come through with it. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Um but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where it, when it comes to new friends entering into my life, like, you know, I, I, I ain't trying, I'm, not, I'm not all that by any stretch of the imagination. I work hard every single day for everything that I have in my life, um, and I respect those that do. Um, I respect those that, you know, some, that even are given to them. Um, but to enter into my life is what, what you need to understand is that nothing 
that I have or do is given to me. Mm-hmm. So you will understand and know my work ethic from the beginning. I'm going to put on my boots, go mm-hmm. get dirty, all that good shit, because it does not bother me to do so. And don't. <laughs> and so, don't. Yeah. Bitch, but what about you? Forget about you. You know what's funny? I'll be honest with you. For me, okay, so yes, I'm open <clears throat> to meeting new people. And the reason I'm open to meeting new people and possibly allowing someone new in my life as a friend or a friend level is because I feel like I'm a new me if that makes sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I've been big on this whole transition mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally kind of a thing, right? So I feel like I've changed. So because of that, I'm open to it. Now, what does that person look like, feel like, smell like kind of a thing? That's where it's a in which way the wind blows. But one of the biggest mm-hmm. things is they have to be determined to be the best them they can be, right? I, I, I can't deal with that person who is just, oh, I don't know, oh, I guess, oh, I know. Like, I have um, one right now, no name, new to my life, and they have no sense of urgency with trying to get their life together. Now, mm-hmm. it's not my business. If you want to live your life in chaos and that works for you, fine. But the reality is, when your chaos doesn't work for you and it starts to affect those around you and you start mm-hmm. needing to call everybody for everything, okay, we have a whole nother conversation at this point, right? So the exactly. reality is I need those around me who are determined to be the best them possible. That don't mean you got to make six figures, eight figures. It doesn't mean it's not, it's not that. It's just whatever is the best version of you you're dedicated to it, and you are willing to put in the work to be it. And have some drive. You know, I, you know, the, every, we always set ourselves some goals to do something new that we're planning to work on and start something or to grow something we already have. We're always doing something. We're always in this space of what's next, how do we grow it, how do we cultivate it. So definitely that. That's what that picking someone that fits my future and not my past looks like. Because in my past, baby, it didn't matter. Like, long as you was ready to knuck if you buck, we was good. Like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I ain't trying to knuck if I'm buck just yet. You hear me? So that's where it's at. I think, mm, I think, yeah, that's where it's at for me. And then as it relates to I'm not rekindling no kind of relationship, once you're done, you're done. Listen, baby, that's that Sagittarius in me. Like, I will forgive, but I won't forget because forgiveness is for me. So I forgive you. Right. But I'm good on you because once you show me who you are, Dedrick, what am I supposed to do? Believe them. This is a Diamond Xan production.